0: this is the PropTech tech vc podcast we give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate we interview top entrepreneurs investors and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry it's hosted by leading prop tech vc zane jaffer let's dive into today's content on today's
1: show we're here with ashley wilson the founder and ceo of auditmate Disclaimer, we invested in AuditMate through our VC fund. It was a heavily oversubscribed round and very excited to talk about the elevator industry. But before we do that, let's learn a bit more about Ashley. So Ashley, tell us your story. Tell us what the journey has been like.
0: Yeah, first, thanks for having me, Zane. I really appreciate it. Um, so my story, I am a self-proclaimed elevator baby, is what I like to say. So I was raised in the industry. Um, in my family, I have folks that worked for the big four as like business managers, mechanics, consultants. Um, my first job was like I was like 12 years old cleaning the very gross, I might add, uh, elevator office <laughs> and like shop. And then I myself joined the industry in my early 20s, um, actually during graduate school. And I was really active in the, I was like obsessed with the elevator industry. I thought that surely I would be the first female CEO of Schindler Elevators, where I worked at the time. Um, I was being mentored by the US CEO. I was participating in global research projects. Um, and I very quickly found that customers didn't understand their contracts at all. And that skyrocketing profits were a direct result of elevator companies just not really doing their jobs. So that's where AuditMate was born.
1: An elevator baby. So. <laughs> It, this is all you know, really, right? You don't know about anything outside of elevators. I'm kidding. I mean, you're a you're pretty, uh, pretty, pretty amazing person overall when it comes to you know the insights you have. But did you, is this something you're passionate about?
0: I'm passionate about people. You know, when I left, I left the industry kind of like hands up in the air, like I'm done. I'm done, I can't do it anymore. And I you were remember- You bored of telling-
1: elevators or you were tired of the practices in the
0: industry? I was tired of the practices in the industry. And I had a friend tell me, you don't really care about elevators. And I was like, well, I do though. I mean, I'm a nerd in that sense. And I think that operations and engineering, and that's always been super interesting to me. But more than anything, I believe that humans have been an afterthought in the elevator industry. And that's been, that's what I'm most passionate about.
1: So did you... You left the industry. Did you decide just to do a company straight after and, and disrupt the industry? No, you're not in your head. No, so.
0: no, I had no idea what I was doing.
1: And walk us so, through that journey. Um, what, what did you what did you think you were going to do? Did you did you try to uh, you know work for a rival, or were you done and you were going to go into a completely different area?
0: Yeah. So it, I was down in South America um, presenting a global research project to all of the CEOs in North and South America and for the company I was working for at the time. And I remember one of the CEOs looking at me cause I was talking about empathy and I was talking about who, who canceled contracts. I looked at a CEO and I said, do elevators cancel contracts or do humans cancel contracts? Why aren't we talking about humans? And someone looked at me and said like, empathy would be a great competitive advantage. And at that point, I was like, I'm done, I'm done. And I was supposed to like stay in the city and like network with folks. And I jumped on a plane and I went to Rio and I was like, I can't, and I like locked myself in a hotel room and I just started writing and writing and writing and writing. And I remember calling my mom and just like crying and was like, I can't do this anymore. Like even if I become the CEO of the US, then what? What's next? Like, I still can't sleep at night. I'm tired of convincing people. I'm, I'm tired of convincing new people how to gaslight customers. It,
1: it also sounds to me, and we've talked about this, but it sounds to me like um, that realization that what would happen if elevator companies did have empathy? What would happen to their margins? What would happen to the way they, they, they operate?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What would happen if we told clients how often we would be coming? Or, or how we maintain units or what we're actually doing. And I don't know that clients really care about the nuts and bolts, but they care about transparency to the data. If I want to know, I want to have access. And they don't all want to know, but it, it, the, the, the right should be there.
1: And if transparency did exist in the elevator industry, um, would profits keep soaring? Would margins be very high? Um, would these elevator companies do very well?
0: I mean, I think they would do well, right? I, I, I believe we're for profit, right? Like I'm for profit, I'm not a nonprofit company, but, and, and I also don't think we should like cap people's profits, but when we're using lack of education and we're using intentionally vague contracts to maximize profits, that's not okay. Like even customers believe in a fair profit margin, they're all for-profit companies, right? But it's when you're leveraging, um, I don't know, just like it's icky, it's so icky to me.
1: So really the problem you're talking about is misleading customers not fulfilling on the contracts and these contracts you're talking about is really down to maintaining the elevators because people pay for maintenance. Believe it or not, elevators break. And how do you prevent elevators from breaking? You send someone out, but to send someone out, well, uh, that's, you know, the elevator company has to pay for that person to go out and they have to uh, maintain it. As a result of what you believe is um, very little maintenance, very little contract compliance,
0: mm-hmm. what,
1: what's happening as a result of that? Well, what, how, what happens to the customers and what happens to the elevator companies?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, from an elevator perspective, right? When we're not doing maintenance, it leads to breakdowns. Shocking, I know. When you don't maintain your car, what happens? Your car breaks down, right? Equipment and components deteriorate at at expedited rates when we're not maintaining them. So the things about contracts in, in, in the US or elevator contracts is they cover major and minor repairs. So we're not maintaining the elevator, then what happens, it breaks down more. From a customer perspective, this leads to like tenant dissatisfaction, Um, like flow of the building, right? Like there's, there's many downsides on a customer side. And then so you have this broken elevator, then what? Then it has to get repaired. So either it's covered under the maintenance contract or it's not covered under the maintenance contract. So an elevator company's goal is gonna be to get you to try to pay. And the customer's goal is just to get the elevator fixed, right, they need people moving through the building. And especially when you think of something like retail, Um, There's a a major retailer here that their director of operations would say, having a down escalator costs me $10,000 an hour because people can't get up to that floor. So it affects profitability, the tenant satisfaction, all of the things. So when an elevator company comes to the customer and says, this isn't covered under your contract, who knows the difference? Most clients, even the facilities managers, building engineers, people, they don't have the knowledge to know whether it's covered or not. So like, what's the difference between a door operator and a door restrictor? Most clients don't know that and they don't know if it's covered or not. Or they say something like, this part would normally be covered, but it's now obsolete.
1: So if you're one of these large elevator companies. You're thriving on the fact that your customers don't know, uh, don't have the technical expertise, and they can't have the technical expertise because if they start playing with the elevator, the contract's going to be void anyway. Right. Um, so people just trust the large elevator companies to fulfil their obligations on the maintenance side. And um, you know what, what fascinated me with with AuditMate and the industry is just one of those cases where um the elevator companies continue to operate at high margins and directly because of the lack of fulfilling those maintenance contracts uh they keep growing and growing and growing and it was shocking to me that um this is a multi hundred billion dollar industry or, you know at least it's going to grow yep. to that right um i believe mm-hmm. you know it generated 104 billion dollars in revenue in 2018 and it's going to grow to 183 billion by 2027 so it's a fairly healthy growth rate but it's not just that it's how much of the revenue comes from uh, producing elevators and how how much of it comes from the maintenance side? Uh, I mean, uh, maybe you can tell us that because it's a fascinating stat.
0: Yeah, so over 30% is from the maintenance side, but of that that revenue, but the maintenance is the cash cow of the entire industry. So even if the revenue isn't, you know, it's only about a third or maybe a little more than a third, it's the highest profiting of any of the sectors. So on new installation or manufacturing, you have a smaller overhead, but the whole goal of new installation is to continue to capture the market on, on the maintenance side.
1: I mean, it, it sounds small to you, but it's, it's tremendous when you're talking tens That's of massive. billions of dollars in, in maintenance mm-hmm. uh, and, and the fact that it, it generates most of the uh, or the highest portion of profit margins come from selling maintenance contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not necessarily in the business of producing hardware, in the business of selling the maintenance contract, and the hardware is a way for you to get that lucrative maintenance contract.
0: Absolutely, and then you manipulate the manufacturing in order to make more revenue in the maintenance. So what I mean by that, I just mentioned obsolete earlier. So because the big four often are, are, are also the manufacturers, they can say, okay, we're not quite a budget, how do we make budget this year? Well, let's make this part obsolete, and then we can go to all our customers with that type of elevator, and now they have to buy the new version. Part. Dot 2.0. And now that's not covered under the maintenance contract any longer.